You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Um, it's really cool with the Bible situation. Um, I thank you guys so much for you know giving money and helping out with that and supporting it because uh, it's just really cool how the Lord works. We I went online I think last Sunday and we got $182 raised for the Bibles for the nursing home and I looked online and found the super giant print that they were wanting and um, I we we put in the number of how many they needed and at the end we had $182 supported. And the final pay was, um, the final amounts um, of the book, Bibles, was $181.36. So it was just such a blessing. So um, the Lord was definitely at work there. So I thank you guys so much for that. And it's just been a blessing so much to be able to preach and just to see your love for the Lord and just the support that you have for me. It's just amazing. I just love you guys so much. And um, we're going to get started today. Book of Numbers is where we're going to start. I want to thank Hannah. I was working all day today, and I didn't get to print my sermon um, during the day. I got done with work around 5 and went straight to change, and then I went over to my house to print it, and um, I ran out of ink, and it was really bad. I didn't think I was going to have my my notes, but Hannah was able to print it. I called her like as I was driving up, and she printed it for me. So did she have paper? Yeah, she did. I was so scared. She wasn't going to work. I'm the wrong place to call if you're looking for I know. <laughs> well, it was my last resort because I went, because we're out of ink at my mom's house, so I went to my dad's, and they're both out of ink, so it was just not good. But it worked out. So, Numbers chapter 13, and we're going to start on verse 32. We're going to read two verses. Those are going to be our text verses. During this time, we're going to be referring to probably most of chapter 13 and chapter 14. So my text verse will be. And verses 32 and 33. Now, to look at the context of what we're studying, during this time, the Israelite people, they were delivered out of Egypt. They were no longer slaves anymore. And they <coughs> witnessed the great miracles of the Lord. They saw God part the Red Sea. They saw God bring manna down from heaven. They saw God conquer Egypt. All of these great things that the Lord did for them, and they saw it. And then they were delivered from Israel. I mean, delivered from Egypt. They were no longer slaves. They see all these miracles, all these great things that the Lord has done for them. And now they're on their way to the promised lands. They're on their way to Canaan's lands. And they get to the point where they finally see Canaan's lands. It's right there. The perfect will of God for them is right there. And so what God does is God tells Moses to call 12 slaves. I mean, 12 spies. I said that again. 12 spies. And those 12 spies are supposed to scout the lands, look it over, and see what it's all about. See the great things that God had in store for them. Because God already said that it was theirs. God already said that they were going to possess it and inherit the lands. But God told the spies to go out and search the lands and see it. And they did. And they saw that it was exceeding good. They saw that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. They saw a lot of the good of Canaan's lands. But they also saw the bad. And these 12 spies, 10 of them, saw the negative and not the positive. And that's what we're looking at here. We see the reports that the spies brought back to the Israelites. Numbers chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. The Bible says, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, 
and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sights as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sights. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, Lord, thank you so much for calling me to preach, Lord. Thank you so much for your grace, your mercy, Lord, saving my soul. You're just the greatest Lord in the world. You're my best friend. You're my Savior. You're my King. And I just ask that you just uh, be with me today, Lord. Help me speak your word. Help me not use any ounce of my strength, of my thoughts, of my personality, anything like that, Lord. I just want to display your word and help them be encouraged. And I would just want to exhort them and help them know just what a great God you are, how much you love them, and how great we are in you, in Christ Jesus, Lord. And I ask that you just speak through me here today, Lord, and help this be a defining uh, message for my life. Help me apply it um, throughout the rest of my life and um, these people as well, Lord. And I just thank you so much for all that you've done for me, Lord. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so first off, I want to tell you guys that God saved you for a purpose, right? He saved you for a purpose. He wants to take you somewhere. He's got a plan for it. But this purpose has a process. Same with the Israelites. He saved them for a purpose. That purpose was Canaan's land. And that's a picture of us, them in the wilderness, what they did, the negatives that they had, the positives that they had. It's used for us as an example. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, that very thing, that the things that happened with the Israelites was an example for us. It was on samples. It was an example for us. And we can apply the story of the slaves, the story of the Israelites, and what happened there, and we can apply it to our lives and try not to make the same mistakes that they did. And so we see that here. We see the case of the Israelites, what happens, and what they were going through and how it applies to us a little bit. First off, we see with the Israelites their deliverance. So in the Old Testament, God wanted Israel in Canaan. It starts with deliverance. Without deliverance, you're not getting to Canaan's land. God delivered Israel from Egypt where they were being held captive. But there's no possibility of Canaan's lands without deliverance. That's why salvation for us is so important, because if you're going to arrive at your destiny, you must be delivered from your slavery. Amen. Same with us. It's, we, we have been um, free from the bondage of sin, the Bible says. When we, we're, we're just like the Egyptians, we're just like the slaves, being in Egypt, being of the world. But once we finally took that step, we believed on the Son of God, we called on Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible says we're delivered. The Bible says we're cleansed from all unrighteousness. We are no longer of the world anymore. We're saved. We're delivered. And the Bible talks about that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. That's That's what they had with going from the sin, going from slavery as the Egyptians to what they had now. The deliverance is something great. And you need deliverance first before you can get where God has you to go. Before you can become the plan that God has in store for you. I'm telling you right now, if you've trusted in Christ, death no longer has its sting, (coughs) Satan no longer owns you, and you no longer live in Egypt. And we can rejoice about that. We can get excited. We can know that God has a plan for our life because it starts with deliverance. So we see the deliverance with the Israelites, what happened, what they were saved from. Now we see, in their case, their developments as well. In the Old Testament, God develops Israel in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of trial and testings. It's something that we all go through. It's something that they went through. It's a place of trials. It's a place of heartache. But those trials make us stronger. 
those trials help us rely on the Lord and help us grow as Christians, the Bible says. The wilderness is a stretch of territory between where you were and where you are going. Amen. Right there. They weren't where they wanted to be. They weren't at Canaan's land. They weren't at the promised land just yet. But it was a lot better than Egypt. Right. It was a lot better than slaves. And we need to think the same thing. We need to get excited about our trials and testings. We need to rejoice in trials. James talks about and testing because it helps us grow stronger. It helps us be soldiers of the cross and trust in the Lord. That's one of the mistakes that the Israelites did. They did not do that. They just got down about themselves. But we as Christians, having the Holy Spirit in us, backing it up with God's word, we know that it's for us as Christians to grow, for us to grow in the Lord and trust Jesus Christ and make us become bigger, stronger, steadfast Christians. And that's why when we are being developed, when we're in the wilderness, when we're going through trials and testings, we cannot get down about where you are. I can't tell you how many times I get down because I'm not where I want to be in my walk with Christ. I'm focusing on the things that I'm struggling with now. But then when I take a step to look back at where I came from, man, I'm excited. I, I thank the Lord so much for what he's done for me just in the past year. What he's done, what he's changed in me, the maturity that I've had. I'm not, I'm not mature yet by any means, but I'm a lot farther than where I was. Same with the Israelites. They were a lot farther on their walkway from where they were in Egypt. They kept on walking. They kept on trading. And instead of looking at the positive, they were looking at the negative. But they kept on going on their way to Canaan's lands because it's a development. It's a process. And we need to rejoice in that process. And that development is for a reason. That deliverance is for a reason. We see the deliverance of the Israelites. We see their developments and what they needed to go through. And then we see their destiny as well. You see, God's destiny for Israel was Canaan. From the start. Their destiny was Canaan's lands. For us as Christians, destiny for us is where he is taking you. Is what he has in store for you. This is the perfect will of God for our lives. Where he's taking you, where he wants you to be. That's Canaan's land for us. That's the perfect will of God. Canaan's land for them, that was the perfect will. That's why God saved them from the starts. And God, when we trusted in Christ Jesus, the Bible says we were predestinated. That's our destiny. The God, God has a plan for our lives from start to finish. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows if we're going to make the right choices. And he knows if we're going to walk in the perfect will of God or not. It's our destiny. Our destiny is to be in the perfect will of God. God saved you and is sanctifying you to get to your destiny. And every single Christian in here, every single Christian that is called on Jesus Christ as their Savior, that is walking in Christ, every single Christian has a destiny. Destiny is more than heaven. It is a part of heaven, but destiny is more than heaven. It's performing the will of God right now. Amen. And we can all have that. We can all know it. It's by walking in Christ Jesus and knowing God's word. You see, the destiny for Israel was Canaan. And they found themselves right at the border of his perfect will. We saw the deliverance. We saw the developments. And they got to that point where they saw Canaan's lands. They were there. They knew it was just a few moments away. Just a couple more steps. And they were there. We see that in Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Look with me if you would. The Bible says... And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Right there we see their destiny. God says it right there. Search the land. It's yours. Inherit it. Possess it. It's your destiny. That's my perfect will for your life. As God was developing them in the wilderness, 
they found themselves on the border of Canaan's lands. Once God spoke, it was time for them to enter God's plan for their lives. Right there, once God spoke, go. Send 12 spies. It's time to end. It's time to go. It's time to take hold of what I have for you. Yeah. Their destiny, their place of blessing was Canaan's lands. And for us, our believer's destiny is the perfect will of God for our lives. There is a land flowing with milk and honey for us. There's a place of productivity for your life, right? That's the perfect will of God. Productivity. We always want that. You see these um, health books all the time. Everybody wants to be more productive, more productive. I'm telling you, the most productive thing is being in the perfect will of God. And we can have that as Christians. I'm telling you, it's not just where we're going to be. It's what we are now. That's the perfect will of God. We can rejoice about that, not get down about ourselves. I'm telling you, don't get down about yourselves of where you should be or where you want to be. Man, just rejoice in the Lord that, hey, I'm surrendering all. I'm trusting in Christ Jesus, and I'm in the perfect will of God right now. What a blessing that is. We need to stop and praise the Lord about that. That's our destiny in Christ Jesus. Right here, we see the Israelites' destiny. They are right on the border of God's perfect plan. Right there when they ran into a problem that all of us will face, all of us will go through. They had the false assumption that crossing into Canaan's lands meant no difficulties. How many times do we go through that? Yeah. That brings us to the challenges of the Israelites. We see the case, what they went through, their deliverance, their development, their destiny. Now we see the challenges that were in store for them at Canaan's lands and what they went through. So right now, we see that the promised lands was theirs for the taking. Turn with me, if you would, to Leviticus chapter 20. I'm going to read one verse there in verse 24. Keep your place in numbers because we're going to be referring back pretty quickly here. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 24. <laughs> Of the Lord talking. <coughs> the Bible says, But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their lands, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. It was theirs for the taking. And they were excited about that. They knew that that was the case. And what we see here is Israel actually devised a plan to find a way to take the land. They heard the Lord saying, they're like, all right, let's do it. They devised a plan. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22 shows that plan. The Bible says, we will send men before us, and they shall search us out the lands, and bring us word again by what way we must go, and into what cities we shall come. So they came up with a plan. They knew what God's word said. They knew what God said, and they're like, all right, I got a plan to do it. I got a plan in place. And then we see that God okayed the plan. God obeyed the plan and told them to sell, send 12 spies. See that in Numbers chapter 13, verse 2. We read that. It says, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. So we see that Israel devised a plan, God okayed the plan, and everything was going according to God's plan. Until the Israelites looked at the negative and not the positive. Until the Israelites trusted in themselves and not the Lord. 
So we see that they come back. They send the 12 spies. The 12 spies go out. They're there for 40 days. They search the land. They see the good of the land. They bring that back the pomegranates and the fruits, the first fruits, the grapes, all of that fun stuff. They see how great it is. They see how awesome. They see, man, the Lord delivered. The Lord, everything that the Lord said, man, it's there. We got it. They brought back the reports, but they were focusing on the negative and not the positive. They looked at the negative and not the positive. The good reports is recorded in verse 27 of Numbers chapter 13. The Bible says, this is the spies talking, and they told him and said, We came unto a land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Right there, they, we see the good report. Surely it floweth with milk and honey. Surely the Lord's word is true. It happens. That it, 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 it's the case. That, that, that is what it is. You're right. It's, it's, it's good. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's all that we wanted. But it's all that we wanted. But, man, this is really good. This is good that's going on right now. But, man, the Lord's been good in my life. But this. Yeah. But what about this? How many times do we go for that? But what if I did this better? What if this was better? What, what, if, what if this was in a different place? Or this was, this was a less of a struggle in my life? I wasn't less stressed in this area. We all go through that same thing that these spies went through. We see the good of God. We see the blessings of God. But then we look at the negative and not the positive. We think that we know better than God. But I'm telling you right now, that negative hurt them for years to come. They bring the good reports in verse 27. But then they highlight the bad reports in verse 28. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the lands, and the cities are walls and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. How many times would we say, nevertheless? We see the good. We're talking about our praise. We give praises at church, but then in the back of our heads we say, nevertheless. Nevertheless. And we focus on the negative. Amen. They were focusing on the negative right there. It's everything God claimed it to be, but they see the problems. And if we're always dissecting everything through our eyes and not through God's word, we will never reach our destiny. We all want to reach our destiny. I can, I can guarantee you, everybody here wants to reach our destiny. We want to reach that perfect will of God. We want to trust in the Lord completely. We want to bask in the blessings, bask in the glory that God has for us. We want to reach Canaan's land. But if we're always focusing on the negative, and if we're always trying to be a realist and looking through our eyes, putting on those grasshopper lenses, as yeah. Dr. Ronnie Simpson says, putting on those grasshopper lenses and not looking at the word, looking at the light, looking at the plan through the word of God, we're never going to reach those blessings. Right. Yeah. We're never going to reach Canaan's lands. Doubting God only leads to depression. Only leads to depression. Amen. My text verse, verse 33, it says, And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sights as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sights. We see the perspective. Notice, they were in their own sight first as grasshoppers. Then they were in the giant sights. Right. It's all a matter of perspective. If they saw themselves as what they were, if they saw themselves in God, knowing, man, we got God on our side. God told us it's ours. We saw those miracles. We saw him part the Red Sea. We saw all of these great things. If they looked at it, and they looked at themselves with the eyes of God, and through that confidence, I'm telling you right now, those giants would be scared out of their minds. They would be the grasshoppers. Right. But because they were focusing on their self and their wrongdoings and what they need to do better, how, good, how they're not good enough, they were grasshoppers in their own sights. And therefore, they were grasshoppers in the giant sights. 
They became grasshoppers in their thinking. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 24, God says, take it, possess it. We have 12 spots. It's all yours. And those 12 spies came up with the reports. We see the bad reports. The majority reports was the bad reports. Amen. So 10 spies come in and they give the bad. They say, we can't do it. It's too many problems. It's not good enough. They're looking at it through their eyes. They see the problems. They see the issues. They're highlighting how low they were. We see that the majority did not have God's minds, God's spirits, and God's hearts. They're focusing on themselves. Right. The majority saw the physical problem and not the spiritual purpose. Amen. They were looking at it through grasshopper lenses. They were looking at it through their eyes and not God's eyes. But notice, the majority report was negative. The majority report was focusing on the bad. But then we see the minority report. Notice now, God sent 12 spies. The 10 spies give the negative. But then we see two spies giving the positive. Two spies that trusted in the Lord. We see that in verse 30. This is Joshua and Caleb. you probably heard those names before. Joshua and Caleb, verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Right there, instantly, he's like, All right, let's do it. We know what God's word says. We know the blessings. We know the strength of God. We just saw those miracles. You want to know something? You want to know before they went on their trip to Canaan's land, the spies went on that trip? You want to know how many days it's been since those miracles happened? Since God parted the Red Sea? 11 days. 11 days. 250 miles. Caleb remembers those. It wasn't that long ago. What? 51 days? 51 days for the spies. How many times do we, we think of the great things that the Lord's doing, right? We're on fire for the Lord one day. We're on fire for the Lord for maybe a few days, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe. But once we get 40 days in, 45 days in, 50 days in, we start to forget what God delivered us from. We start start to forget the blessings and the miracles that God has done in our life and the lives around us. 51 days difference. And the 10 spies were done with this. They forgot about what God did. But Joshua and Caleb remembered and they knew what God's word says and they came out with a confident report. They came out with the blessings knowing that God was going to deliver them. Joshua and Caleb were looking at the situation through God's eyes. They're looking at the situation through what God said. Now let me ask you something. How many of you here have heard of Joshua and Caleb? We all do, right? They've done some great things for the Lord. We know it. Maybe if we don't know the stories of it, we definitely have heard the names Joshua and Caleb in the Bible. Now, how many of you have heard of the other ten spies? How many of you can name me one spy of the other ten? They're not anonymous. It's all mentions. Numbers chapter 13 mentions them all, one by one, with Joshua and Caleb But because these people, because these spies looked at the negative and they didn't trust in the Lord, they focused on their bad and their their, their, um, coming shorts, because they were focused on that, they felt, and we never even hear from them. We don't know the names of them. We can't name them. They're in the Bible, but we can't name them. How many times does that happen with us, right? I'm telling you right now, we can do some great things for the Lord. We can bring glory to God and do some amazing things and see the Lord do a work in Elk Point Baptist Church and our lives individually. We can reach our destiny, but if we're focusing on ourselves, if we're focusing on the negative, we're never going to last. We're going to fall. 
One of my biggest fears, or at least it was, was being a fallen preacher. Something I've struggled with a lot. And you can say, Michael, why, why is that? Because it happens a lot. There's a lot of preachers that fall. And I look at the preachers that do fall, and I think, man, I'm, I don't reach that at all. They're, they were way higher than I was. The majority of preachers fall. And looking at myself, I say, there's no way I can get that. And there is no way I can get that. If I'm constantly referring to that and saying, man, there's no way I can reach that. Right? I'm focusing on myself and my, my shortcomings when I'm not focusing on the Lord, when I'm not Amen. focusing on God and his blessing. He called me to preach. He called every single one of those spies to inherit the land. He called them and said, hey, it's yours. Man, this book would have been so much different if they trusted in the will of God. Yeah. They would have reached Canaan's land right away. That's right. 51 days. Every single preacher that has fallen, God's plan, God's perfect will for their lives was to become great preachers for the Lord. It's, my, it's his will for me to become a great man of God for the rest of my life, to, to um, pour my life out as a drink offering and fight till the end. Same with Brother Jesse. But if I'm focusing on the negative, I'm not going to get that. That's right. See, a lot of Christians do that, right? They focus on themselves, yes. their shortcomings, and they fall away. They fall away. Ten of the spies, they fell away. The majority reports was the negative. The majority of the reports was focusing on themselves, and they fell. And that, I'm telling you right now, same with the spies, same with us. If we do that, there is consequences. There is consequences for focusing on the negative. Notice the consequences of the Israelites. The Israelites believed the majority over the minority and had to face the consequences. The first consequence that these Israelites went through was the consequence of illegitimate emotionalism. Illegitimate emotionalism. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible says... And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. They cried because they believed the minority, I mean the majority. They cried because the land was there, but we're not going to act upon it. Those were illegitimate tears. They were crying because of their unbelief. Just because you cry does not mean you should get sympathy, basically, right there. Right? They were crying because of their unbelief. It was right there. They did not have, they could be crying tears of joy right now. They trusted in the Lord. But they're crying because of their unbelief. They're crying. It's illegitimate tears. We can't feel sorry for that. We can't have sympathy for that because they're choosing that. They're choosing to be sad. They're choosing to hurt themselves. They're choosing their way, their selfishness, and not God's way. They were crying because of their unbelief. And we also see that these tears. They were tears of rebellion. They were tears of rebellion. They were refusing to move forward in the will of God. And I notice the rebellious nature of the Israelites. Verse 2 of chapter 4, 14. Verse 2 of chapter 14 says that these Israelites murmured against the man of God. They murmured against him. Verse 4 says that they were actually going to get a new captain and go back. They were done taking this. They were getting a new captain, and they were going to go back. They were going to change because they thought they knew more than God. And then we see them take it a step further. Just think about how awful this is. And this happens to a lot of us. We see that they murmured. They were going to get a new captain and go back. And in verse 10, they even took it a step further, and they threatened to stone Joshua and Caleb. So not only were they saying, I'm not... I don't want any part of that. They, they got to the point where instead of murmuring and just saying, oh, like, let's just take this route, they got mad at the people that were standing for the truth. 
They got mad at the minority. That sounds a lot like America today. Yeah. Amen? That sounds a lot like what we're going through in this world. I'm telling you, if you stand strong, we're going we're gonna to go through persecution because people are going to think we're nuts. Yeah. But when we're walking and basking in the glory of the miracles and they're out sad, crying, tears of unbelief, we're going to be pretty excited. We're going to be pretty happy. There were tears of rebellion. There were tears of unbelief. It was a consequence of illegitimate emotionalism. Second consequence we see is the consequence of a 40-year sentence. Numbers chapter 14, verse 34 says, After the number of days in which ye search the lands, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. Right there we see they were sentenced to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And that used to make me feel bad. I remember I would read that and be like, man, are you sure the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament? Making them wander for 40 years not seeing the promised lands? It's terrible. You know, I used to feel bad. I used to think bad about that. But you start reading it and you start studying it and you want to know something? <laughs> God, exactly. God sentenced them to their request. They didn't just like take the consequences not knowing what they're giving, going into or God took a consequence that was far out of there that was so unmerciful. No, God sentenced them to their request. Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 2. This is the Israelites talking. They're in a bad mood. They're sad. The Bible says, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God that we had died in the wilderness? You look at that, they're saying, man, can God just kill us in Egypt? God should have killed us in Egypt, or God should kill us right now. God needs to strike us dead in the wilderness. Right there, they're asking for that. God sentenced them to their request. God gave them exactly what they asked for. And they had the promised land in store for them. They just believed. Sometimes we get down and we say things that we don't mean. Sometimes we get down. I can't tell you how many times I used to say it. Man, I hate myself. I hate myself. I would say that out loud so many times. I'm not even kidding. It's something I haven't done in a long time, but um, by the grace of God. But that's sometimes we say things that we don't mean. Sometimes we say, I want to kill myself as a joke. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, those things are wrong, and you need to hey, stop yeah. it right now. Yeah. God gave them what they asked for. Those consequences hurt them for years to come. They never saw a promise like They never reached that destiny. They never reached it. Same thing with us. We are never going to reach our destiny. We are never going to reach that perfect will of God. If we're always down and we're always focusing on ourselves. If we're always down and focusing on the negative that we, we are causing ourselves. Our, our shortcomings. Our sin that we're struggling with. If we are trusting in the Lord and trusting in His grace, those sins are going to go away. Those skins are going to trickle down. We're going to be able to give praise to the Lord in Canaan's land and have the land that floweth with milk and honey, the blessings that come with it. And we're going to be able to say, man, this wasn't Amen. me. This wasn't, wasn't my righteousness. This is God's righteousness. Amen. You're never going to have the destiny. You're never going to do that. You're never going to overcome these things if you're focusing on yourselves. Yeah. We need to be focusing on God. Amen. Now, the challenges and the consequences of the Israelites. That's kind of how it lies, kind of how it ends, except for Joshua and Caleb. Amen. It's over, but for us, it's not over. Amen. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got this book guiding us, and it's not done yet. Right. It's the cure for us as believers. Look at the cure, if you would. The cure is pretty simple, having the right perspective, knowing what God's Word says, knowing that God has a plan, 
realizing that the same God that saved your soul, the same God that is doing all these things, the same God that, man, has knows the number of hairs on your head, created the universe, he's got a perfect plan for your life. Have the right perspective and know it and believe. Believe. Have the right perspective. We need to look at the situation in the light of God's word, knowing that God has a plan. I'm telling you right now, we are learning in Ephesians a lot. Man, it's a great survey study. I'm telling you, make a point to come. Make a point to come. It's talking about the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus, just how amazing it is. Man, we're saved. We're in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every single spiritual blessing. And those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we're sitting at the right hand of God in heavenly places because we're in Christ Jesus. We're higher than anything else. I'm telling you right now, Satan, these giants that were hurting these grasshoppers, that, that scared the enemy, they were focusing. Notice now, notice now, we're talking about looking at the negative, not the positive. It's a scary thing. They're looking at the giants. These were big giants. These, on the outside, looking at, it was a scary thing that was going on with these people. It was a scary, scary, scary thing. Without the will of God, without God on their side, man, they would have all been killed like you wouldn't believe. It would have happened that fast. Right. It would have happened super quick. It is a scary thing. I want you to understand that. But learning what God's word says, coming to church and not missing, because you're missing some good things that Brother Jesse preaches to us, that the man of God is telling us. I'm telling you right now, he's got some things that can help us on a weekly basis. I'm telling you right now, Satan wants to infiltrate us. Satan wants us to look at his grasshoppers and to the enemy in this world to look like giants. He wants to hurt us. But if we know what God's word says, we can overcome all these things. The Bible says we're sitting at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that we don't have those, we, we don't have to have those struggles anymore. I'm telling you right now, the, Satan is a prince of the power of the air, right? And this is this is my belief. I, it, you might have different opinions, but the Bible also says I don't believe Satan can reach those heavenly places anymore. I really don't, because the Bible says that Christ is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, all of those things. So I believe we are higher than Satan can ever get. We're in Christ Jesus. We're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's the prince of the power of the air. Stops right here. We're higher than his enemies. We're higher than what he has. We're higher than those fiery darts. He can shoot it up as far as he can. It's not going to reach heaven. I'm telling you right now. We need to have the right perspective and know what God's word says. Realize the blessings and realize the love that God has for yeah. each and every Amen. one of us. Amen. And now notice now. It's scary. Looking at those giants, that was a, that was a scary thought. It's kind of like us. When we go through these things, it, it was a scary thought, but if, if they knew what they were, if they knew that they, they had God's will, they, that they, they were in the Lord and it was in the Lord's plan, they wouldn't have been scared at all. If they really knew everything, if they really could look at it the way God looks at it, they wouldn't have been scared at all. It's a lot like us. Satan tries to throw those fiery darts at us. Satan tries to hurt us. But man, we do not have to be scared. We do not have to be worried if we know that we're bigger than that yeah. when we're in Christ Jesus. When we're walking in the Lord. It's kind of like a loaded gun and an unloaded gun. Right? A loaded gun is very scary. Man, oh, right? You don't want something like that pointing at your face. But if you but if, if you have an unloaded gun, it's a lot different, right? Man, you walk into my game room at my dad's house, we just got guns all over the place. AK-47s, all these things. And I'm not good, not an AK-47, but still, like some bad guns. And, and it's just, they're just all over the place sitting there. I'm just like, yeah, over there. you know, not whatever. But it's not very scary because it's unloaded, yeah. right? But the thing that Satan gets us, the Bible says that he's a deceiver. Satan uses four deceptions to try to infiltrate us. 
He doesn't want us to know that those guns are unloaded. He's pointing that gun at us, pointing it to our head, and little do we know that that gun has no bullets. So I'm telling you right now, God took away all of Satan's bullets at Calvary. It's all gone. It's all, he, he doesn't have those bullets anymore. They're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus along with us. Those fiery darts can't hurt us. But if we do not know that they're fiery darts, if we do not know that that gun is unloaded, we are going to fall. We're going to give up our chains. We're going to give up everything that we have, and we're going to surrender. But little did we know that we have the power all along. That's what we go through so many times. And that's why I'm telling you right now, just praying and just, just asking the Lord to help you and not doing the work about it, not knowing what God's word says, knowing what we are in Christ Jesus, coming to church, Coming to church, these things equip us. These things make us stronger, and they help us overcome the wicked one. Amen. This, is, this message was more for me than it was for any of you. I'm telling you right now, this, I needed this message more than anything today. Amen. And I just ask, I plead with you, trust in the Lord and know that you are not a grasshopper. You are a son of God. You are a child of God, the Bible says. You are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen.